0: This message was presented at the GYC 2012 conference in Seattle, Washington. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. If you guys remember, today is the last session, and if you have made it to all of the sessions, you will receive a sticker from... Alyssa, she's going around and checklisting off your, your uh, yellow card, and so you want to make sure you get that either now or afterwards. Today's seminar presenter is Nelson Ernst. He co-founded GLOW. He works in the Central California Conference, but before he presents, we have two testimonies, one by Joel Mutre and the other by Ricky Camacho.
2: Good afternoon, everyone. It's uh, good to be here. Have you guys been blessed by GYC so far? I know I have. The Lord has been speaking to me, convicting my heart, and uh, it's a, it's a pleasure to be able to share quickly what the Lord has done in my life through literature evangelism. Um, I don't think we prayed yet, so let's uh, have a quick word of prayer for the seminar. Father in heaven, we pray that Your presence would be here, Your Spirit would be here, and that You would be honored and glorified, Lord, in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, one of my uh, when I when I think of my, my early childhood and, and me growing up as a Christian Seventh day Adventist, I I think of myself as being let me say it this way, of always asking questions. My my parents would always ask me, say why why do you always ask why? My dad would say, do this, and I would say why. Um, my dad said, Well, you don't say why, you just you say, Yes, sir, and how high jump how high you know and so i always wanted to ask questions i always wanted a reason for something and when i think of that 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 curiosity kind of played on into my life i wanted a reason for everything and if there wasn't a reason a good reason for something that i should or shouldn't do i would do what i would want to if there was no good reason i would do it anyway And that kind of gives the theme of my life before I met Jesus, uh, that I did whatever I kind of wanted. Now, I did live in a conservative home, and so there was rules and regulations in my home, so I didn't always get away with everything. But I do remember not so much in, in my you know, the, the physical things, I didn't go out in the world and party and, and, and whatnot, praise the Lord, but it was more in my mind, in my heart, so I would live my own life, and do my own things in rebellion against God. And I remember at an early age, I did give my life to the Lord, I, I've always wanted to serve Him, but the, the world had a strong tie on me. And, and I think the words that summarize my experience before I met Jesus fully for myself is that I didn't see my need of Jesus, I didn't see and feel my need of Jesus. And, uh, you know, just quick illustration that kind of helps um, bring that into perspective, especially when it comes to literature evangelism. Um, I was in high school, and I'd been baptized in high school, but there came a point when I was still kind of rebellious. It it, it kind of went up and down, and I remember Nelson Ernst actually coming to a school nearby and doing a little seminar, uh, kind of like this. And uh, there was a little youth rally, and they came up, and this is when GLOW had just been started. And so they came up, and they said, this is a great opportunity to pass out literature. It's so small. It's so simple. It's amazing. Your church members will be on fire. And there I am, a high school student, sitting in the audience, and I was like, "Pah." yeah, right, I'm never going to hand out literature. That's not going to happen. And I mocked GLOW because it didn't make sense. It was not something that was down my alley. I like to live for myself, and I like to do my own things, go to the mall, shopping, dress nicely, et cetera, you know, do my own things and follow my own desires. And that story, right, that kind of illustrates my attitude towards living for God, and it wasn't because I didn't want to. It just, I just didn't see a need of it. It didn't make sense in my mind. But the thing is, Uh, I didn't see my need of it. But when I think of my experience, the Lord had a plan for me, just like he has for all of us. And he wanted to reveal his will to me. And I think of my experience when it comes to literature evangelism. It started when I first went coal-portering. I went door-to-door, started knocking on doors. And as uh, many of the people before me have said, is that when you're going door-to-door and you work for Christ, no matter what you're doing, you see your need of Jesus. I think of the verse in in John chapter 21 um, where, where Jesus tells... Peter says, go feed my sheep, go tend the lamb. How can, and I, and I, and I realized this, as I was going door to door, and as I was sharing Jesus with others, as I was ministering aggressively to those around me with glow and cold portering, I realized something. It's like, God has told me to, to be a witness to these people, but I can't feed sheep without food myself. You guys see that connection there? We, you know, Jesus tells us to go feed and to shepherd those around us, but we can't do that without food myself. And this kind of changed my perspective. I started realizing that, wow, I do really do need Jesus. Living my own life really doesn't pay off. And what God has for us is way more exciting and and, and happy and whatnot than what we can have ourselves. And so when I think of just the general idea, seeing my need of Jesus, literature evangelism and aggressive evangelism work has helped me see my need of Jesus. And ever since then, now that I'm involved in full-time ministry and also part-time ministry, I see my need of Jesus on a daily basis because I'm out there sharing. I, I, I can't share Jesus with others. I can't share Bible verses with others without knowing it myself. I can't tell people to pray and persevere in prayer if I don't have to strive to do that myself. And so I want to encourage you that getting involved in active ministry, whatever it is, but specifically literature ministry with GLOW and Youth Rush, it's, it's, it's one of the best things you can ever do because it'll radically help you see your need of Jesus, which is obviously what we all need because he has salvation. Amen?
0: Good afternoon. My name is uh, Ricky Camacho, and I just want to let you know that literature evangelism has really changed my life. The the literature ministries have have changed my life. I was uh, just an ordinary worker, you could say. I was working at a hardware store, just doing the normal, going to college and doing the normal. But I sensed that God was calling to something deeper at this part in my life. My father passed away unexpectedly. And, and uh, I, I said, there has to be more to life than this. Just live and die. And I'm so thankful because one of my friends invited me to a, a Youth Rush program. And I thought it was kind of strange, but I went. And I had such, a, such an incredible experience. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like God can't use me. Do you ever sense that? And I felt like God couldn't use me. And I remember God gave me an experience to show me that it's really not us. It's what the Holy Spirit does. And uh, I remember walking up to a door as I was canvassing. I was about 20 or 30 feet from a door. The door just opens, and there's a man there with his baby. And he's just looking looking at me astonished. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. I walked up to him and I showed him some books. I showed him The Great Controversy and uh, Steps to Christ. And I told him, these books will help you prepare for the second coming of Christ. He just looked at me and said, whoa, bro, like I need to tell you something. He said, I've been sitting on my couch for the past two hours. There is no reason for me to stand up and come to the door right now. He was just watching television. He said, my wife doesn't get home for another few hours, but just a moment ago, I felt like something told me to stand up and go to the door because there was something there for me. He went, opened the door, and I was walking up to him. That was at the very time that I was feeling like God can use me. Isn't God good? Like, he will use us, and it's not about us. I am so thankful because uh, God called me called me just from a ordinary work, just doing the normal things in life. God is calling people, and, and he called me. I remember uh, the third time I went to, for a Youth Rush program, my third summer, I told my, my boss where I was working. Uh, I'll be back. I'm just this is just for the summer, and they gave me a, a little card, a going away card for the summer, and they wrote on there, "We hope you enjoy full time ministry." And they capitalized full time. And I'm like, wait, what? It was it was really odd. But since then, it's been such a blessing because God has has led me after going to Soul's West Bible College. Um, to, now I have the opportunity to train and to inspire the average layperson so that they can do something for Christ. It's so exciting to see uh, church members become activated in literature evangelism as well. May the Lord bless you.
1: Amen. Thanks for those testimonies. I get to work with Joel and Ricky every day in the Central California Conference. Uh, Ricky's our, our pseudo-techie guy, because we have another techie guy, and he's also in charge of taking academy students out to go door-to-door and sell books, which is um, something that we're copying from Michigan, actually. And uh, that's where we got that idea from. And then Joel's in charge of uh, training all the GLOW leaders in the local churches across our conference. We have about 138 churches, and so he has a big task. But uh, things are taking off. I'd like to pray one more time, and we'll get right into our presentation. Father in heaven, Thank you so much that we can come before you, and Lord, that we can be members in your army, Lord, and serve you. We pray, Father, that you would, as an effect of our time together this afternoon, um, make it so that hundreds and thousands of more people would be in the kingdom. Pray for this in your name. Amen. All right. Well, recently I was at camp meeting in California, and uh, a church member came up to me. It was a little old lady. Her name's Adeline, and she had an excited look on her face, and she had a story for me. She said, Nelson, Nelson, I have a story for you. I said, oh, okay, tell me. And Adeline began to tell me about how recently she was in a grocery store walking down the aisle, when all of a sudden she felt convicted to give the lady in the grocery store aisle that was next to her a glow tract. So she uh, mustered up her courage, pulled out the glow tract, gave it to the lady. The lady looked at the tract, looked back at Adeline, said, is this Christian? And Adeline said, yes, of course, this is Christian. You know, trying to assure her that this is not some kind of cult literature. And uh, the lady handed it back and said, no, I can't take that. I'm Jehovah's Witness. Adeline was a little bit stunned. She didn't know what to do. But all of a sudden, she felt an impression from the Holy Spirit that said something like this. Give the Jehovah's Witness a hug and say, I love you. So without hesitating, Adeline went to this Jehovah's Witness in the grocery store aisle, gave her a hug, and then said, I love you. And as she backed off, the Jehovah's Witness was was she was so stunned. You could just see it on her face, and she said, "What was that that you handed me?" And uh, she took the tract. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not necessarily recommending this as probably one of the primary ways of doing literature distribution—wandering around, you know, the grocery store aisles, giving people hugs. But if the Lord impresses, go for it. It worked in this instance. The reason why I'm sharing this story is because it illustrates. Uh, perfectly what GLOW is. GLOW is a program um, that is encouraging people to carry literature with them in their pockets wherever they go. The grocery store line, the gas station, your daily errands, so that when the Lord brings somebody by your way that you can give a tract to, you're ready. It's not necessarily a door-to-door ministry, it's not even a kind of tract, although we do make GLOW tracts. How many of you here have passed out a GLOW tract before? Okay, good. If you went on the outreach yesterday, it was yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday then um, you probably passed one out. So that's what GLOW is. It's a concept of uh, passing out literature and keeping it with you wherever you're at. And you know what's really interesting? The program just started recently in September 2007, but the Lord has been giving us major success. People are getting excited about getting back into the habit of carrying literature with them wherever they go. And uh, in fact, 22 conferences in the North American division have started this program since 2007. And when I say um, started the program, I mean they've ordered anywhere from 100,000 Glow tracks with conference-specific information on them all the way to hiring on a Glow leader to lead out the program full-time in their conference. That's pretty cool. Another thing that's happened is that people outside of the United States have gotten interested in starting Glow. This is just some of the countries that have started it, Germany, Sweden, Denmark, China, Singapore, Japan, etc. You can read them all up on the screen there. Um, we're working with a lot of different people in a lot of different countries who are translating our literature into their local language, and then they're working with us to get them printed and then distributed in mass. We're going to talk a little bit more about what's happening with that farther on. And total, with all this activity happening, we've printed 28,705,000 tracks as of, what was it? Last week. Yeah, we just put in an order for 2 point something million. So, praise the Lord! That's awesome. That's 28 million more people that have been reached by the Word of God. Um, Now, that sounds really incredible, but uh, if you think about it, California has a population that's much larger than this. And that's just one state in one country in the world. So do we have a lot of work to do? Amen. It's good to pat ourselves on the back maybe a little bit for what's been going on, but friends, we've got to do greater and more systematic work for God. Amen? Amen. One of the unions uh, that's involved with GLOW actually sold over 800,000 tracks in 4.5 weeks. That was the Australian Union. They're going bananas over there. It's pretty exciting to see what's happening. Uh, one conference in, in uh, the North American division passes out 2 million tracks every year. That's a lot of literature. Watch out, Jehovah's Witnesses. Amen? Amen. And uh, one church in that conference, actually, this is my home church, they've uh, passed out over 300,000 tracks. And then there's one church member who, believe it or not, has passed out 3,800,000, no, I'm sorry, 3,008,000 tracks just by himself. That's a lot of literature. And he only has one arm. So he's single-handedly, you know, passed out 3,008,000 tracks. Yeah, he's, he's uh, actually quite, he's, he's armed and dangerous for the cause of the Lord. Armed and dangerous. You guys are a hard crowd. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll stop the puns. Okay, we'll keep on going. You know, it's getting incredible, actually. Uh, so many people are getting these pieces of literature. Recently, I was flying back from 3ABN, going back home to Fresno, and I was sitting down next to this guy. His name was Landon. Started having a conversation with him. Gave him a glow tract. He looked at it. He said, oh, yeah, you know, this is, yeah, I, I got these before. And in my mind, you know, just like, I was going, hooray, praise the Lord. This guy's seen these before. And then he actually went on to tell me the kind of tract that he got, he named, he mentioned that he got the Twilight tract. So this guy even remembered uh, the kind of tract that it was, and he acted nonchalant, like it was not a big deal at all. You know, oh, you know, this is like prevalent; it's everywhere. See this lady right here? This is a picture of somebody's grandmother. Yes. See this kid right here? This is a picture of somebody's baby. Why am I putting these pictures on the screen? Well, it's because it illustrates the fact that literature distribution is not just for one age range. How many people can do literature distribution? Everybody. In fact, Mrs. White says, let every believer scatter broadcast tracts and leaflets and books containing the message for this time, young and old. A lot of times there's this misconception in the Adventist church that goes something like this. The young people are going to finish the work. And what that translates to is, let the young people do a lot of the work, <laughs> especially when it comes to frontline stuff and door to door. Well, there's a place for that, but friends, all of us need to be active in something. Amen? All of us need to be distributing literature um, at a bare minimum. We can do other ministries above and beyond that, but this is something that every one of us can do. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. Uh, I like to put it this way, and I've said this before, if you have a thumb, you can be a literature evangelist. Why is that? Because if you have an, an opposable thumb, you can grip a piece of literature and just pass it to somebody. It's the simplest thing on earth. So how many of you have thumbs? How many of you have thumbs? Okay, good. Thanks for encouraging me. Good job. Okay. Um, so, question is, how are these people doing it? 28 million tracks being distributed across the world. How are these people getting all these pieces of literature out? What are they doing? Are they, you know, getting in airplanes and flying over San Francisco and just dumping it out or something? How are they doing this? By the way, that guy who uh, passed out 3,000,000, 8,000 his name is Buster White. He lives in Texarkana. And uh, one of... Uh, <coughs> Well, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the methods for how he does his distribution. But um, he used to be part of an evangelical literature distribution ministry where he would go in. He was in charge of a seven-man group that would go into any given city, and they would distribute a million tracts over the course of an extended weekend. Is that pretty amazing? Just go in with seven guys, paste the entire town with literature, give tracts to everything that breathes and reads. So... How does the average person do it, though? Well, we're going to go through that right now. So if you have a, a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil, you might want to jot down some of these ideas. For the rest of our time together, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you practical ideas for how Adventists across the world have been distributing these glow tracks. And uh, I hope that some of these will resonate with you. These are some things that hopefully you can pick up on and practice and uh, use the methods in your own hometown. Okay? So how are these people distributing literature? In other words, how... Are they glowing? Okay? First way, and first category, during their time of traveling. Um, you know, traveling is a great time to distribute literature. Lots of Adventists are getting into that. First off, you have your hotel room. The hotel is a great place to get literature out. Um, you can leave a, a tract in the Gideon Bible. <clears throat> right? A lot of hotels have those. Gideon Bibles. Um, we just, the Upper Columbia Conference, which is somewhere up here, Washington-ish area, um, just got a call recently. They're participating in Glow. They got a call from a guy, and uh, he called in and he said, This is the most incredible piece of literature on health that I've ever seen. And apparently, this guy found this tract in a Gideon Bible at his hotel room, but he didn't call in after he read it there. The next day, he got into an airplane. As he was flying in the airplane, he opened up the SkyMall magazine. That was in the airplane. And guess what he found in the SkyMall magazine? He found not just another Glow Tract, he found the exact same Glow Tract on health again. And that got to him and he said, I've got to call these guys. So he called us up and he said, this is incredible and you know what's really great is that uh, uh, the guy I work for, his name is Montel Williams, he's now just getting into uh, doing health stuff. I'm going to show this to him and uh, we're going to you know, hopefully see what we can do about uh you know, letting people know about it. Do you all know who Montel Williams is? No? Yeah? Yeah, he's, he's a talk show host. It's good that you don't know who he is. That's okay. I don't really know a lot about him either. But that's pretty cool, isn't it? Right? So leave those tracks in those Bibles at your hotel room. I mean, right here at GYC, right? You got a Bible there. Leave one in it. Um, you can hand the tracks to the maids. Leave them on the bed for them. Um, at the airports, another great place to pass out tracks. Uh, There's a chapels that you can give them out at. A lot of airports have chapels. There's a security check stations where the people check your tickets. You know, that guy who sits there and looks all official and kind of scans that blue thing, the blue light over your your ticket. Give one to him just before you take off. Um, The seatmate who's sitting next to you in the airplane or the magazine uh, that's in front of you, as was illustrated by this Montel Williams story. Uh, You can leave literature inside of there. Um, You know, what was it, two GYCs ago... I was in the booth area and a young guy came up to me and he told me this really cool story. He said, with these bright eyes, he said, you know, I was flying back from GYC last year. And uh, I sat down next to this guy in the airplane and uh, we began to have this spiritual conversation. And uh, in the midst of the spiritual conversation, I thought to myself, man, I wish that I had one of those tracks to give to this guy on this topic. As he was thinking that, A hand reached back from the row in front of him and opened up the palm and lo and behold, there was a whole stack of glow tracks. And the kid didn't even say that out loud. He wasn't saying out loud, I wish that I had tracks. He just thought that when all of a sudden the hand reaches back, you know, between the seats and opens up and there's glow tracks. So the guy's just a little bit amazed, a little bit. So he grabs some of the tracks, thanks him and then gives them to the person he's talking to. Later, he talks to the random person in front who handed the glow tracks back, come to find out that that person who was sitting in the row in front of him happened to just hear about glow from his church pastor back at home. And this, mind you, was not a person coming from GYC. It just happened to be some random Adventist who happened to be on the same airplane who happened to sit in, this, in a row right in front of this kid, who happened to overhear the conversation that was happening, who happened to just be introduced to glow and happened to have glow tracks with him so that he could happen to hand it back at just the right time for the kid to give it to the other person. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. In other words, there's divine appointments out there. Just carry tracks with you. Um, So traveling. Those are some of the ways that it happens. Another way to get literature out into people's hands that a lot of Adventists have been doing is at school. I keep on hearing story after story after story of people who are passing out glow tracks at their school. How are they doing this? Two methods. Number one, strategic placement. Number two, just giving it directly to somebody. Okay, let's talk about strategic placement first. Doesn't that sound kind of cool, strategic placement? In other words, you kind of think about where you're going to put it, not just dump it on the ground. Um, There was a student a Michigan student, university student, who emailed us the other day, and she told us a, a really cool story about how she went to um, her, her class and uh, got there early And at this university, and she, she had uh, brought with her some tracks that were on the topic of relativism. You guys know what relativism is, right? Okay? Um, so she brought those tracks, and she put them on every desk in there before anybody arrived, even the teacher. And then she sat down in her desk in the back and sat to wait and see what would happen. Well, in came everybody. They all picked up the tracks. The professor ended up coming in as well. Then, as the professor was beginning his class, he went up to the chalkboard and he wrote up on the board relativism, which happened to be the topic of the day, which was actually pre-scheduled on the calendar. It wasn't just circumstantial, you know, just last minute. And then... Um the, 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 the teacher picked up the tract off of his table and got the attention of students. He said, have you guys seen these around the campus? And they nodded and he said, yeah, let's go ahead and, and, and read through this. So they read through the first few paragraphs and then started talking about their topic of relativism. Amen? Okay, that's pretty successful. Um, passing out literature at schools. Recently, we got another email uh, from somebody who's a student and this is what they said. I found three of your Glow Literature booklets at my college, and I became intrigued. I'm a Catholic, but I haven't practiced since I was a child. I already own a Bible, but I've only recently started to read it, and it's difficult to understand. I read on the booklet that Glow offers free Bible study plans, and I thought it might help me to better understand the Bible. Amen? So he found three Glow Literature booklets at his college. He's Catholic, he doesn't understand his Bible, and he wants Bible studies. Praise the Lord. That's the paycheck right there when people actually respond back and we can see how the literature's have an effect in their lives. By the way, friends, whenever you pass out literature, don't become discouraged if you don't immediately see results. We know that literature distribution will find its results when the latter rain comes out. How do we know that? Because Spirit of Prophecy tells us. She says that soon more than 1,000 will be converted in a day, most of whom will trace their first convictions back to the reading of our publications. So we know that when we're planting seeds, it'll sometimes stay underground for a long time until the rain comes. When the latter rain comes, then people are going to make their decision. But guess what? They won't make their decision for the truth unless they would have already read about it before, right? All right. So back to the school issue here, people passing out literature at schools, there's strategic placement, but then there's also personal giving There are some attendees right here at GYC. In fact, I should have invited them to come to the seminar so that they could share this testimony themselves. We filmed them last night sharing this testimony. Um, They're the the Chacon family. One of their their daughters, I think she's 15, she goes to Weimar Academy, but uh, she was taking some summer classes at a public school, and in one of her classes while she was there, she was uh, just reading or doing whatever she was doing, when uh, she heard... Uh, 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 a, a fellow student uh, A boy Behind her um, Say something So she looked around And, and he, he He pulled out a glow tract From his binder This non-adventist student And began to read it And then she watched As the other Non-adventist student Who was sitting next to him Looked over at the boy Who was reading the tract And he said Hey, what's that? And so the kid pulled out Another tract And gave it to his friend And both of them Were reading glow tracts Amen? And by the way, she wasn't the one who even passed those out. She didn't even know how they got them. Praise the Lord. In Central California Conference, we have stories like this all the time. Kids passing out literature. There's a 10-year-old girl who was baptized recently in Turlock, California. And uh, she went to her church after she was baptized and asked to get some glow tracks from her glow leader. The glow leader gave her some glow tracks. And this little 10-year-old girl went to, to school and she prayed over each one of these tracks, and she, and she prayed that the Lord would, would show her who to give these tracks to, of her friends. And then when she went to school, to her public school, she gave the tracks to her little friends, and, and the kids liked them. One of the kids came up to her and said, Man, these things are good. You shouldn't be giving these out for free. You should sell them. Another kid came up to her and said, Hey, um, I see that there's something about Bible studies on the back here. Mind you, these are little kids. And the little girl that passed him out soon um, uh, was able to invite that other kid to come to church. So, and if I remember the story right, I think they even had like maybe a Bible study or something. But praise the Lord, huh? Kids inviting kids to church. Kids giving kids Bible studies. Ten-year-olds who just got baptized because of literature. Anybody can do this. All right, community events. Another way of passing out literature, community events, sporting events. You know, I think there was just a game that happened here in Seattle, isn't there? It was the, what, the Lakers versus Ty, Tiger Woods or, isn't that, that's rugby, isn't it? Did I get that mixed up? Seahawks or Sea Eagles or something, right? Yeah, well, anyway, somebody won, somebody lost. But there's a lot of people there watching that game, right? I don't keep up with sports, if you can't tell. Um, Sporting events are great, great uh, places to pass out literature. Um, Over in Poland, over in Poland, a group of uh, young adults, uh, people all of our age in here, except for maybe Camille, um, you know, young adults, we, uh, just joking, Camille, Um, we, uh, they got together and they said, why don't we take these tracks and translate them to translate them into polish so uh they did they translated them the problem was they didn't have enough money poland's kind of a poor country they didn't have enough money to print these tracks over in poland so they came to us and they asked us and we actually have just so you all know if any of you are thinking of printing some of these tracks internationally we do have um capital that we can give to that kind of a project so that we can make it happen and you can get the first print run going and establish a glow program in another country Um, But anyway, they came to us. We were able to help them with that. And they printed 500,000 glow tracks in Polish just in time for the Euro Cup. And uh, so they began passing these tracks out at the Euro Cup. Well, we got a story back or two from what happened over there. One of these brothers was out there in the midst of a big old crowd of Euro Cup fans passing out glow tracks. And um, apparently, he got pickpocketed. But the problem was that the pickpocketer, I guess they got the wrong pocket because they, uh, they got the pocket that had all of his glow, pat, glow tracks, not the one that had his wallet. So uh, they, they ran off and stole a bunch of uh, Polish glow tracks. So maybe that was the right pocket. I'm not sure. Anyway, it was a, a pickpocketing, exciting experience there. Um, parades are another way to get literature out. If you have a parade in your town, go ahead and talk to your church. Get a float out there, pull something around with the car, make an excuse to pass out tracks. You know, maybe you can make some kind of a glow track cannon on your, on your little parade float and just like shoot it out into the crowd or something. I don't know. But uh, we, we've, we've done this several times and it's quite successful, you know. Uh, you know that we have these shirts uh, that are for sale over at the booth, the glow shirts. They say, ask me for a Bible pamphlet. Yeah, you know, so you can get people in the parade and they're wearing those things. And guess what people are going to do? They're going to ask you for a Bible pamphlet. I wouldn't recommend wearing the one that says, I'll give you $5 if you ask me for a Bible pamphlet and I don't have one. Uh, well, you could, but you better carry like a lot of literature with you if you're walking down you know, crowded streets with that shirt on. Holidays are another exciting um, time to get literature out. You know that as Christians, we can use holidays as excuses to be a blessing to other people. And one of the ways that we could do that is with literature. My favorite holiday to do outreach on is... Anybody guess, except for the people that know the answer on my team? Christmas. Oh, no, not Christmas. Halloween, yes. Why would you want to go pass out literature on Halloween? Well, because when you go door-to-door on Halloween, it's just, it's perfect. I mean, everybody's out there, right? You just blend in with the crowds. Everybody's expecting you to come knock on their door. And uh, it's great. It's very easy to pass out literature We've been doing this uh, in, in various places across the United States every Halloween. How many of you have ever done a Halloween outreach with GLOW before? Okay, a few. I heard that it, just, uh, it was happening at Andrews University this last, uh, this last year, right? Bill Wells was heading that up, I think. Uh, we had it going on in Southern Cal, Southeastern Cal Conference, Central Cal Conference, various other places I don't even know of, I'm sure. Well, I'm sorry? In Washington as well? Yeah, exciting stuff. Uh, My friend over here, Ricky, he was actually leading the Halloween outreach in San Francisco this last year. And uh, he was standing at, uh, what was it, a railway uh, system? Uh, A a mart, right? A BART, BART, Bay Area Rapid Transit. And uh, people were exiting, but they weren't taking the tracks. You know, there's quite a few skeptics and atheists up there, and I guess they didn't like this whole tract handing out thing. And so they were saying, no. Well, Ricky coined a new idea for uh, a phrase for getting the literature into their hands. He said, this show, and he was handing out the tracks that talk about hell, H-E-L-L. And uh, he says, this shows that, uh, that it's the Christians that are going to burn. Yes. And guess what? They started taking the tracks. Because, I mean, that's what the track says. You know, it's the righteous that actually live in God's fiery presence for all of eternity. It's not the wicked. They're destroyed. So um, myself, on Halloween, uh, a few years ago, I was out passing out literature in the community when all of a sudden this man walks by and he's wearing a gigantic banana suit. And I'm thinking to myself, this is really random. I mean, what an appealing situation, you know, Want to give this guy a few tracks, right? So I go up to him, this big banana, and I say, hey, man, I like your suit. He's like, thanks. And uh, I give him one on 2012 and end of the world. And he's like, oh, this is cool. Can I have some more? And so I gave the banana a whole stack of them. And, uh, and then he just, he just takes off. He splits you know? And uh, so I go one way, he goes the other. Half an hour later, I meet this big banana on another street, and, uh, and, and lo and behold, he's already gotten rid of all the tracks. So he asked me for some more, and I give him a whole nother stack. Friends, if, <laughs> come on now. If a random banana on the street can be spreading the three angels' messages, what can we do, right? All right. Sorry for slipping up on those puns. <clears throat> Sometimes I go bananas when I tell these stories. All right, moving on. Door-to-door. So we talked about different methods. Here's another category, door-to-door. Now remember, glow is not about necessarily doing door-to-door. It's just sticking the tract in your pocket with you wherever you're at so you're ready to pass it out, right? But door-to-door is an effective way of getting literature out. In fact, it's one of the most effective ways. There's two kinds of doors, though. The first one is house doors. And the second one is car doors. We're going to talk about both of those. House doors. Um, <clears throat> recently, we actually got a, an email in from, from the GLOW program in Hawaii. One of the Adventists over in Hawaii emailed us and said um, a little experience about how they had been passing out GLOW. Have any of you ever been to Hawaii before? Yeah? Okay. Okay. Um, Hawaii, if you ever get the chance to go to Hawaii, never, never skip an opportunity to go door-to-door and do ministry door-to-door over there. It's, it's just so awesome. Um, I've been to Waianae before doing door-to-door, and people are so open and receptive, well at least in Waianae where I went, and uh, it's, it's really a blast. But it's kind of like a jungle out there. And uh, this guy had the same experience. This is what he said in his email. He said, you won't believe this. While I was passing out glow door-to-door, there were dogs. So I threw the tract into the gate. One of the dogs picked up the track and brought it to the door. Hopefully the owners will read it. So over in Hawaii, they have glowing dogs, right? Because Elisha had his bears and Noah had his marching animals and, and uh, Elijah had his ravens, but uh, this guy has his glowing dogs. Praise the Lord. Um, <clears throat> car doors. There's a lot more we could say on house-to-house work, door-to-door, but um, that's pretty basic. You guys know what to do with that. Um, car doors. Um, car doors. <throat> You know, whenever you go shopping at a, at a store, um, I recommend not, sh- not parking as close as you can to the store. Actually, you want to park a distance away from the store. Why? Because what that allows you to do is to take your time and weave in and out of a few rows of cars as you're going into the store. And what are you going to do as you weave in and out of those cars? You're going to leave glow tracks on the car door handles. And which of the doors do you want to put it on? You want to put it on the driver's side, obviously, Right? Okay. Now look at this. There's two kinds of doors. You can see illustrated on the, he's like, are you serious? This guy's breaking down like what kind of doors there are. Yes, I am. Okay. Right here on the screen, there's two kinds of doors. There's a door handle that kind of pops out, right? And then there's a door handle that kind of, you got to reach your hand inside and then pull it out. Well, depending on what kind of door it is, you, um, you need to have uh, a different way that you fold the tract. And uh, here we go. Thank you, Joel. If it's one of the doors where the handle kind of pops out, you take the tract and stand it up tall-wise, and you bend it tall-wise like that. Not so that it's creased, but so that it'll want to spring back out. Does that make sense? And then as you walk by, you just take one out, go like that, and then you just pop it right in the door and keep on walking. It's so simple. Nobody even sees you. I like to go around to all the BMWs and Mercedes, you know, to increase tithe in the church. And... um, no, I'm just joking. Actually, <laughs> I do sometimes go out of my way for them, but um, don't do that. Get everybody. For the ones where you have to actually reach in to pull the door out, you take the tract and you bend it the other way, like this, and then you slip it up underneath. Those ones take, they're a little bit more complicated, but if you practice really well on your own car, you know, you can get it down. So smooth that nobody will see you. Just walking in and out. Boom, pop them on. Knock those Jehovah's Witnesses out of the water. And, uh, yeah, it's just a great way to getting literature out. I was doing this recently in Bakersfield, um, <clears throat> one of the cities in our, in our conference, and uh, it was raining that day, actually. And so instead of going door-to-door, I went to a multi-level parking garage. And, you know, because they have ceilings there, and when you're putting them on the cars, you don't get all wet, and you don't get the tracks wet. So here we are. I was with a group of church members. We were passing out these tracks on these car doors, when all of a sudden I noticed that the security people were, were like, driving around and kind of looking at us a little weird. And so I pretended to be even more normal. And, uh, and uh, then they kept on, th- there were more of them coming and they were looking at us even more. All of a sudden, as I was walking just away from one car, I heard a man behind me say, excuse me, sir. And I turned around and boom, before I knew it, I was pounced upon by two security guards. One of them was a big black guy. He spread my legs and started patting me down and handcuffed my hands behind my head while the other skinny white guy was in front of me, and he was interrogating me. And I just, I had my hands, hand, you know, handcuffed behind my head, and I was smiling. I was just like, this is hilarious. <laughs> These guys are busting us for putting out Bible tracts on car doors. As the interrogator, the little skinny white guy was talking to me, he said, yeah, yeah, we saw you guys. Trying to steal cars, huh? And all of a sudden it dawned on me that they're looking at us through those little, those little cameras, you know, security cameras that probably don't have a really good resolution. What do they see us doing? Walking around close to the cars, right? Little did they know that if we really did want to steal a car, it would have been very easy. One of the cars actually had the keys left in the, in the car door handle. I could have, like, taken him over there and pointed that one out. But anyway, as soon as he said that, and it, it dawned on me that this is what was happening. I, with my hands tied up behind my head like this, I, I pointed with my, with my chin. I said, hey, look at that car door handle right there. So he looked, and this little skinny guy, he, he pauses. And the, and the big black guy behind me, he pauses, they look at each other, and they're like, you could tell I didn't know what to do. And I said, yeah, man, we're just passing out Bible tracks." And, and so the, the skinny white guy, he still didn't know what to do. And in the midst of his interrogation, he had put his hand into my, into my jacket pocket and pulled out a whole stack of tracks because he was feeling for weapons. Now he looks at this stack in his hands and he starts going through them and he pulls out one glow track that says the end of the world. And he says, hey, can I have this one? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sure, man. In fact, I'd give you some more, but you know, my hands are a little <clears throat> tied up here. So they let us go. They rounded up all the church members, and there was like 15 security guards. who are just kind of standing around scuffing their feet, looking at the ground, not knowing what to do. And I was like, hey, listen, guys, how about this? We'll just take off. So we gave them all glow tracks and cruised. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, once again, like I said, I'm not recommending that as a a method of doing literature distribution, getting arrested, but it does work sometimes. By the way, Don McIntosh, uh, he emailed me the other day or he texted me and told me that he got glowed. He came back out of the store and somebody glowed up his car. So I thought that was funny. He had a Mac attack. Um, strategic placement. Um, <clears throat> on the ground, actually. Uh, don't put them on the ground, but we've actually had a lot of stories of church members um, who have, you know, placed a piece of literature somewhere and it's fallen on the ground and the Lord has still used it. Uh, one of the Bible workers in our conference, her name is Danielle. I don't see her in the crowd right here, but uh, she just gave me two stories the other day that were really exciting. Uh, apparently, one of these, uh, a, a young man had just gotten out of jail in Bakersfield and he was, he was walking down the street when he noticed a glow tract on the ground and he, and he picked it up. He was interested. He picked it up and, uh, <clears throat> and, and the thing was so wet from rain that the only thing that was discernible on it was the website on the back. They couldn't even read a word, but he took it to his mom. His mom looked at it. They visited the website. They signed up for Bible studies. Amen? They didn't even know what it said. All they could see was the URL. Uh, we had a, a, a janitor who works in, uh, in Florida at Disney, Disney World. Um, he actually um, called in to request um, more literature and uh, Bible studies because he found a tract on the ground over there when he was sweeping things up praise the lord strategic placement drinking fountains oh you know what's really interesting another place i like to put literature i like to put them in the phone booths you know what kind of tract i like to put there the one that says talking with god you yeah? maybe they'll anyway you kind of get the connection okay so drinking fountain same same place in bakersfield this lady uh, she, she actually uh, found a glow tract on a drinking fountain in Bakersfield just randomly. She called in and signed up for Bible studies as well. What's interesting about both of those stories is that neither one of them deals with personal contact. In other words, this is, these are two illustrations, or actually three illustrations, of where a, a non-Adventist has signed up for Bible studies and they haven't even had any personal contact, no, no handshake, no nothing from an Adventist, and yet they've signed up for Bible studies and they're interested in learning about what we have to teach just by simply picking up a tract that's laying somewhere. And that's the beauty about literature evangelism and GLOW particularly is that it has different levels of involvement. If you're, if you're not uh, feeling capable of selling hardcover books, you can sell softcover books which are less expensive. If you don't want to sell softcover, then you can give stuff away. If you don't, don't want to give it directly to somebody so that they can see it, see you face to face, then you can leave it somewhere for them to pick up. It's just you can't get around that, right? It's so easy. After that, Strategic placement, you can leave them in places like the ER. Um, If you work in a hospital or you frequent uh, public places where there's a lot of people going by. We actually had a guy um, email us the other day, and this is what he said. That's a really long email, but it's a really cool one. He says, hi, I was wondering how I can get a hold of your uh, Bible literature tracks so I can share them to other people. I first came across the Bible tracks while waiting in the ER at my local hospital. I had just suffered a bad spill on the ice and split open my chin. So I had to wait for an available doctor. Meanwhile, as I waited, I noticed several of the Bible tracts sitting atop a dusty TV in the corner of the waiting room. I started to read them, and I found most of the Bible tracts really inspiring and thought-provoking. I wasn't a Christian then, nor was I even saved. But then after reading into several of the Bible tracts, it somewhat helped plant a seed in my mind and my heart that evening. I I take it now, I look at it now as sort of God's way of giving me his gift of salvation. God orchestrated an accident so that I could come across the GLOW Bible Tracks at the hospital and learn and yearn for more of the truth. I wasn't converted then and there or even that same day, yet I felt that reading those little Bible Tracks helped me to understand situations in a scriptural lens. Eventually, I diligently sought after the Bible truth and found it in my Lord and Savior Jesus. Thanks again, and God bless GLOW Ministry. Pretty cool, huh? Guy busts his chin, goes to the hospital, finds the tracks on top of a dusty TV. Now he's converted. Praise the Lord. Um, In stores with racks. um, There are a lot of Adventists in churches, or I should say there's a lot of churches that have begun doing this new way of literature distribution. What they do is is, uh, they take these uh, literature racks. We actually have developed literature racks for GLOW. And uh, some of them hold six different titles. Some of them hold 12 different titles. You can see them at our booth. And uh, what these people do is, is they say, okay, how many in the church want to make literature racks uh, their ministry, How people raise their hands? And then the people, what they, uh, their job is to take that literature rack and to pay to have that literature rack stocked with literature and then also to plant that literature rack in some store in town and then to continue maintaining putting literature in it. Now, this happened uh, up in Michigan and um, we actually have some Michigan people here, so I've got to make sure that I'm getting the details right. Otherwise, I'm going to get corrected. <laughs> um, what I understand happened up there is really amazing. Uh, one of these church members went to a Christian bookstore and placed a, got permission and placed a glow rack there that had literature in it. And a customer happened to come by at one time who picked up one of the tracks on the Sabbath, later read it, got converted to believing in the true Sabbath as Saturday, went back to the Christian bookstore that he got it from, talked to the non-Adventist manager of that Christian bookstore about that tract. That non-Adventist owner of the Christian bookstore then started keeping Saturday holy and closing the bookstore on Saturday, and the first customer the, the the customer who actually read the tract and was converted to sabbath keeping uh, is now either in bible studies or did and is already baptized or something like that but praise the lord amen, amen? amen. all right sunday churches oh wow well i got like 2 minutes left all right i got it We're going to go through this. All right, guys. Sunday churches, great way to get out literature. You can talk to the pastor, and a lot of times they'll even give you permission to put the literature right there in uh, the foyer. Uh, That guy that I was talking about, Buster White, who has only one arm and has distributed three million tracks. this is how he does it. He goes over to the church pastors and evangelical churches in his town, and he asks them if he can put literature in their foyers. And with the exception of maybe one or two tracks. They let them do it. They say, "You can't put the hell one in in the Sabbath or whatever, but they get them in. Amen? Uh, lots of stories I could share about that. parking lots. We've had some church members who actually go into Sunday church parking lots and put them all over the, all over the cars. Now you'd think to yourself, "That's probably not a good idea." Well, I'm not recommending it either. I'm just saying what they do. Um, one time this lady was doing it, and a, and a church elder came out, saw her passing out the tracks, and um, rather than scolding her, he asked to look at one. He read it, and he said, hey, can I have the rest of them? So she gave him the whole stack, and uh, they put them into the community baskets that they were going to be doing, uh, passing out at that evangelical church. Amen? We've had another pastor who actually caught one, one of the church members passing him out in the parking lot on the cars, and uh, the lady was terrified when she saw it was the pastor. He's like, hey, come over here. So she went over, and he says, hey, are you the one putting these things out on the cars? And she said, yeah. He said, thank you so much. These are awesome tracks. Praise the Lord. All right. If you ever go to jail, you can pass out tracts. That's another method. We actually had a guy call in because he found a glow tract in solitary confinement. We had a a, a jail right here. You can see the email. A librarian, she uh, emailed us the other day because she wanted to get uh, literature for um, all the inmates in there because they didn't have quality religious literature over in Florida. And uh, we're going to have to skip through these right now. There's a lot of other methods that I can share with you, but let me, let me just say this. If you go to Audioverse and uh, look up my name, Nelson Ernst, E-R-N-S-T, um, there's another uh, sermon on there that actually has all of these other methods, so you can get all the different ideas of how people across the world are passing out these tracks. I didn't even share the stories with you about how uh, people have been uh, passing out literature over in the Vatican and in other countries. You guys know what the Vatican is, right? Okay, cool. Um, in closing, I just wanted to share with you right here. This is uh, our newest tract. It's called Isaac Newton's Forgotten Discovery. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, please come by uh, the booth and, and check it out. This tract is um, it's the most, um, I could s- how could I call it, maybe bold tract that we've had. It's actually on the Antichrist. And what it does is it shows um, Isaac Newton's perspective on who the Antichrist is and the Reformers' perspective on who the Antichrist is based off of Daniel chapter 7 and the little horn. And so uh, it's very straightforward. But friends, Ellen White talks about her literature and says that it needs to be like John the Baptist and arouse people from their sleeping um, and, and expose popular delusions. So friends, this is the track for the time. I encourage you to come over and check it out. We're going to have a word of prayer and uh, end our seminar. And I hope that this is helpful to you. So um, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much um, that we can come before you and we can serve you. Lord, we've just talked about a few different ideas for getting literature out. uh, And we're also encouraged, Lord, as we hear about other fellow church members who have been doing the same and been finding success. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be faithful in the small things. Lord, distributing literature as you open up providentially uh, openings so that we can get it into the right hands. And uh, Lord... We ask for these things, and thank you that soon we'll see a harvest of souls. We'll get to meet these people in heaven, and um, we just ask, Lord, that you come soon so that we can see you. Pray for this in your name. Amen.
0: This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources, visit us online at gycweb.org.